2: Time for the Forty Niners Rush Podcast. And here's your host. John Chapman. What is going on faithful? Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush podcast. It is absolutely incredible to be with you today. Back-to-back days. We went live yesterday, uh, you know, went through Trey Sermon. Today I've got a little bit of a special treat for you. We got a special guest. I don't do a lot of guests. So <laughs> let let me just say this. When I do have somebody on here, it's on purpose, uh, and there's there's a reason why, and it makes sense. I, I'm not one of those guys that just wants to get a whole bunch of guests on. I'm selfish with my time. It's hard to schedule conflicting you know, all this stuff. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm a little bit of a I, I'm a weirdo whenever it comes to this. This is my baby. <laughs> I want to protect this. Um, so having said that, whenever I have a guest. It's a big deal, um, and a lot of time and thought went into that. So uh, you're gonna love today's interview. Just finished uh, recording it, probably about 15 minutes ago, and we're gonna I'm gonna play that for you now. It's about a 30 minute interview with Jason Aponte, who I'm a big fan of. Also, do gotta say we're gonna be live again tomorrow because the. Schedule comes out. I'm so excited about this. I love how the NFL is just creating and elongating the season. Um, we're going to be doing three road trips this year with the 40 Dollars Rush Podcast. So uh, just understand, uh, I'm going to have those to you by this weekend at the latest. Got to sit down with the wifey and all those things. We're going to let you know where we're going to be. We're going to be tailgating together. We're going to be having a night the night before the game, huge party at a bar slash event uh, planning thing. We're going to be recording live. We're going to be doing drinks, giveaways, all kinds of stuff. You're gonna be partying with the 49ers rush podcast not just gonna be me bringing in a lot of backup It's gonna be a whole event and it's gonna be an absolute blast. So stay tuned for that Also do have to say what is up countdown crew. I absolutely love it Um, We have two giveaways today ladies and gentlemen, um, which I'm pretty excited about Um, And here's what we are giving away the new 49ers t-shirt, baby Beat by Trey. My microphone's in the way. (laughs) Um, So, we got two giveaways today for the Countdown Crew members. So excited about that. Uh, One for Countdown Crew and one for the wonderful Patreon subscribers that make all these things possible. So, do want to say thank you for that. And here we go. First giveaway right here joey fitch my man uh patreon member hashtag countdown crew absolutely love it um reach out to me on patreon brother i will get that shirt to you and if you already have this shirt then i'll get you another one because here's the deal you go down to the link in this video the description we have our own 49ers rush merchandise page finally thank you to Dell dumont and eat sleep fantasy for setting that up for us we got all kinds of shirts Uh, available. Uh, No Leaks Guaranteed shirt. We've got Lynch Shanahan 2024. We've got all kinds of different stuff out there. The Beat by Trey shirt. I bought it for my whole family. I love it. Um, I'm so excited about the Trey Lance pick. So if you want to check out some 49ers merchandise, shirts, mugs, cell phone covers, all that kind of stuff, that's available for you over there. And they help support the show. Uh, We don't make much, but I care more about getting some cool merchandise out to you guys. So congrats to Joey Fitch. Um, He gets his shirt. Another hashtag I'm going to announce that giveaway after um, this interview. So, without further ado, you guys are going to absolutely love this. Here's Jason Aponte. Uh, this is a fun interview, it's about 30 minutes, and I think you're going to have a lot of fun with it. All right, Faithful, we have an awesome surprise for you today. I am joined by none other than Jason Aponte. One of my favorite follows on Twitter, host of the Sprint Right Pod. You can find him on Twitter at Jason Aponte twenty one zero three. How is life treating you, man? How are we doing today?
3: Uh, it's it's going good, John. This is a great thrill to be here with you. You know, I remember when I first started my Twitter uh, profile. You know, I always remember seeing you, and I remember there was a list that was out there about Forty ers Twitter. You know, personalities, I guess, or, or analysts, and and I, you know, I, I remember. Sending you a you know a reply on Twitter saying you know I'm gonna get on this list one day you know I don't know if that list is still flying around or anything like that but honestly man it's it's just really cool to be here with somebody who uh you know I respect your work a lot and you know a lot of people have been you know asking for us to to talk so this is gonna be fun man I'm really excited
2: and it's it's perfect timing right now and you know there's so, we're right after the draft and for a lot of fans they'll come in on the draft and who do we take all that stuff and they kind of dip out but. Kind of what we and have hoped to do with the 49ers Rush podcast is educate listeners to kind of understand the ins and outs, which takes time. It's not just a draft grade and move on. And Jason, I think you're one of those people that understand scheme and personnel and you're not one of those hot takey guys (laughs) you know we talked a little bit before we jumped on here which i respect because that's not really our job our job's to kind of entertain and educate and all those things so jason take a second real quick man and let my listeners kind of understand how you got started covering the 49ers and how Mm -hmm. you kind of got your podcast to where it is today
3: so it's funny when I first started, you know, my Twitter profile, I it was in the interest of boosting up my fantasy football podcast, right? Cuz I'm I'm huge into fantasy football. I'm in like 57 leagues and it was the passion that I had. It kind of fell into 49ers coverage just based on, you know, following the team and 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 you know, giving a little insight here and there that I had. You know, a lot of what I owe to how I've grown is just rubbing elbows with the right people, making sure that I've networked and things like that. And and I think that that was really huge of me to you know, link up with Javi and, and do pods with other people and, and really just get my name more out there. So, I mean, honestly, what, what started was fantasy football. And for the, a lot of the stuff that people, you know, people give fantasy football players, a lot of guff. And honestly, those guys are some of the most intelligent people because they understand scheme. They understand roster construction. They understand play call tendencies and things like that. So that's where it started. And then it turned into full blown, you know, 49ers coverage. You know, I started at 49ers web zone, writing a few articles there. And honestly, I I know this is going to sound terrible, but when the pandemic happened, I was forced indoors and, you know, I had to really focus in on something. So I focused in on this and, you know, I, I, it's hard to be excited about something amidst something that's so horrible, you know, like, and, and has, has affected so many people's lives. But without that, I wouldn't have been able to focus in on this. And, and it's helped me grow the podcast to where we are and, and all the other things that have happened, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, it just started with fantasy football, but just working honestly, and just, uh, you know, just trying to have fun on the app, I think that that's really what it is more than anything, and I think that gets lost on certain
2: people. Yeah, it, there's a lot of negativity out there, especially after the 2020 season and all those things and the Jimmy G hate, which I, I think that there's a place, and there's a reason why those things take place, but, man, whenever you're just getting beat over the head with these, you know, negative hot take, all this kind of stuff nonstop, it, it kind of... <laughs> It stinks. You know, I've helped a lot of people start podcasts uh, over the years, and I, I want to – I think there's as many seats at this table as possible. It's not something that, you know, there's only one or two podcasts you should – I listen to as many as I can. But, man, some That's- of those – I don't I don't throw any names out there, but, man, you have to mute certain accounts just because yeah. I'm not a negative person. I'm not going to be – I root for the 49ers because I love them, and this is a fun process, and the community has been built. And I'm also with you on the fantasy thing. You know, Eat Sleep Fantasy is something in my past that I got started with. And the one thing I will say is the amount of time that fantasy – where the dollars are, that's where the information is. And with Vegas Mm -hmm. and betting lines or fantasy and offensive production – where that money goes, that's over a billion dollar industry. Uh, they still pay some of my bills today. <laughs> um you've right. got to you gotta give them respect with where that is. Well, with all that, Jason, yeah. let's jump into the 49ers and, and let's start talking a little bit about this draft class. And we got to start with Trey Lance. Um absolutely exciting. You trade up to number three to get him. Now, my question for you is he brings a lot of new things to the 49ers. What is it that excites you most? Find that one trait, whether it's the big arm, deep passing game, returning to the 49ers, having a mobile quarterback, you know, Shanahan opening up the full playbook, helping in the run game. What are one of the characteristics that kind of stands above everything else with when Trey Lance does step into the starting spotlight? What is that one thing where you're like, man, I can't wait for the 49ers offense to see this?
3: Yeah, I think it's the smarts and to be able to run a pro-style offense. He was making a lot of his own protection calls, which I think that is really the tipping point and what really drew Kyle Shanahan you know, to him. You know, and, and they ran so many Kyle Shanahan concepts. We're talking straight-up RPOs, off-play action, bootlegs, things like that, leaks, all those, sorts of, all those sorts of concepts that everybody's familiar with with Kyle Shanahan. But I really think it's the smarts and being able to run that pro-style offense. You know, being able to call out your protections as a 19-year-old kid. I don't think people really understand what that means, honestly. You know, I, I think that when people, you know, you know you're know, you grading college players, you're, you're, you're losing the fact that these guys are kids a, at this time. You know, at 19, I wouldn't have been able to decipher a defense. Obviously, you know, you have to have years and years of playing football, but I think it's the smarts really is what people are going to see, and, and his decision-making is really what I'm excited for because – Kyle Shanahan is tired of, you know, having to draw things up perfectly and either the reads being missed or maybe the throw not being where it needs to be. So, you know, with Trey, you know, I know that there's a knockout there about his accuracy issues, but the accuracy issues never lead to interceptions. They just, you know, maybe they're just a little bit off, that's it, but that can all be taught. And I think that the smarts is really what the 49er fans should be excited about, and I think that's really what was the deciding factor when it came to who was going to be the pick at three for Kyle Shanahan because he really needs a guy who's an on-field general who can – you know, do some of the heavy lifting
2: with him. It, it was funny because, you know, if we go back to after the Forty ers traded up to three, the conversation shifted from, all right, which quarterback are we getting to? All right, The Twitter was set on two guys. It, it was Trey Lance. The vast majority was in the Justin Fields camp, and there's nothing wrong with Justin like Fields. Me? Yeah, I mean, he's a stud. If the Forty ers would have got him, I would have been sold. One of the, I guess, tiebreakers or the reasons why I thought that Trey Lance would be the pick was you didn't see him get hit and you didn't see him, his pocket, um, not necessarily mobility, but his just pocket presence. He navigated himself out of trouble before trouble arose. And that was one thing that kept coming across the field. And again, obviously, you know, Ohio State and Justin Fields, with what he saw, he's played against the big boys now. But man, he just kept taking so many hits in the pocket and it bothered me. And so the more and more film I kept going through, I was just like, gosh, I hate how much he's getting hit. And whenever I would do a Trey Lance game, then i jump to a Justin Fields game and i jump back and forth, it just became very evident that this kid doesn't take hits. When you talk about the calling out protections, pocket presence isn't just feeling pressure after the snap. It's setting yourself up into a position to be successful before the ball has ever snapped. And I saw that so much with Trey Lance. Everybody talks about the intelligence. And I don't want to knock Justin Fields. You know, the um, acumen test that's come across. He scored the highest of any player that's ever taken it. Justin Fields is incredible. And I'm i going to be rooting for him. I really want him to be successful as long as he's not playing against the 49ers. But I'm with you, Jason. I think the smarts are key. And how soon that's going to translate. Now, here here's the next question I have for you. Because he ran such a comparable offense to the 49ers. How many starts, what would you put the over under on 2021 with Trey Lance? How many games do you think he starts if any at all this year?
3: So I have been back and forth with this, right? You know, I, I understand why Jimmy Garoppolo is here and I know this team can be wildly successful with Jimmy Garoppolo as they proved in 2019, right? Provided that he can, you know, just play the games. Honestly, you know, I, I would, probably put the over under at about five, but I would say over, I think. And, and it's not because of anything that I know, anything that I think um, I just, I just think that when you move up to three and we have a long list of quarterbacks who have been drafted, you know, one through four, one through 10, one through 12, who eventually step in and take, take the reins, even number one picks immediately. Right. You know, Sam Darnold started right away, you know, but again, there was no quarterback to, to take those back. So I get that. So I'll set it at five, but I'm going to say over, honestly, um, at a certain point. My fear with, uh, you know, the Trey Lance thing is, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he air mails a throw or has a has a, a, you know, below average game, then the pressure starts to build about, OK, where's Trey? When are you going to start Trey? And that's the discussion that's going to be around that. I don't think that's fair to him, but I do know that that's what's probably going to happen. You know, so, I mean, I'm not foreseeing any bad play from Jimmy Garoppolo, um, but if you're just asking me for my opinion, I think that it'll probably be over five. I just uh, I just think that we see Jimmy Garoppolo starting week one most likely, um, and for whatever reason, maybe maybe injury, maybe play, maybe pressure from, you know, the, from, from Kyle Shanahan to, to make the move. One way or another, I think he's going to play over five games, I think, this year.
2: And it's interesting. You know, I put out a Twitter poll, which you can only put four options, so you have to put them in kind of brackets. And you know, it got almost 2,000 votes. And with the 49ers, again, Twitter, this is Twitter, <laughs> um, two to six starts on the year got the most votes, got forty 46% of votes. So it seems like they're kind of lockstep with you. And even if we look at Jimmy Garoppolo coming out, let's say he has a bad start. Let's say the 49ers go one and two, uh, you know, something along those lines in the first three starts. I still don't think Kyle Shanahan will make that switch. I, I, okay. I just – I understand the pressure and all those things, but remember how long he stuck with Nick Mullins last year after turnover, after turnover, after turnover. This I, I don't know. I know he wants Lance eventually. I'm just not sure. I don't know. I could be wrong there, but I, I, I'm i with you on the five starts thing. I think that is a perfect thing. And depending on when that bye week is, if that's a late bye week, then that's – you circle the name calendar – Because it's just it's in the cards. If that's a late bye week, and you know, Jimmy continues to be Jimmy and just plays kind of what he usually plays, where he has a couple bad games, that late bye week I think would be a huge, huge switch. Now, if we're focusing, yeah, usually when you see.
3: I'm sorry. Usually when you see when you see switches you see them after the bye week because like you said you get that one week of extra preparation. So again, you know, it depends, you know, we're going to see the schedule tomorrow, so we'll find out where that is, but I think that's a great point about what you were saying about the bye week. Honestly, I really think that that's uh that's a, if if you're looking at a place to start, it depends on where the bye week is. You could probably circle that. Yeah, way. and then
2: if uh, bye week number 1, Thursday night game number 2 because again, that's that mini bye, so it would be after the Thursday night game if, you know, something else happens. Now, sticking with the rookie class, which rookie, and I don't think it's going to be Trey Lance, if you're looking at this rookie class, who has the biggest impact this year? 49ers had an awesome roster, what they did with free agency, brought so many guys back. They didn't really draft too many starters. So, out of this rookie class, who do you think is going to have the bigger impact this year, the immediate impact for the 49ers?
3: Probably Aaron Banks. I want to say Trey Sermon. You know, I really do, because I think Trey Sermon, you know, I have him... I have him as the leading rusher this year. You know, again, whether that's, you know, due to, you know, we, you know, we love Raheem Mostert, but Raheem Mostert does miss games and things like that. Trey Sermon kind of profiles more of a bell cow than Raheem Mostert, and I don't think the 49ers have had that sort of running back since Frank Gore. So I, I want to say Trey Sermon, but I really do believe, and I love Daniel Brunskill, I, I really believe that Aaron Banks is going to be the one who starts. I mean, you don't invest uh, what you invest in the second-round pick. You know, for a guy, you know, Brunskill would be amazing depth at the guard position and the center position because Alex Mack is a little bit long in the tooth as well, and he's shown that he can play. So I think it's Aaron Banks who's actually going to start at right guard. Interested to see how uh, that affects the pass protection because we know on the right side sometimes they, there tends to be issues, and I'm not singling out one player, you know. So, I mean, if the pass protection from the right side gets better, and I think Aaron Banks will deliver that, I think that he's, a, he's pretty much the best, chance to start right away i would say if, if i was guessing out of all of them you know again i just look at the draft capital i just look at where where he was picked and i just look at who's in front of him like daniel brunskill is a fine player amazing player undrafted free agent though right and i and that's you know that's kind of what i'm putting my head on is more the draft capital than anything
2: yeah and on top of that aaron banks is already 24 years old so if, if he's not starting now uh, when's he going to start one of the things that i'm really excited about with uh, not necessarily rookie minicamp but otas and all those things Man, I'm curious who gets the first team reps first day. I know Kyle Shanahan's going to put his, you know, wicked spin and like, oh, we got all these starters, they're rotating and all that stuff. But again, I I truly do believe Aaron Banks is going to be the guy day one. I think he steps in there at 31 consecutive starts. You know, hopefully that continues. It just is the mainstay. The perfect outcome here is Aaron Banks plays every single snap at right guard for the entire season. The 49ers would be very, very happy. Now, you brought up Trey Sermon, and I want to ask you this question, too, because now I don't think they had any clue they would draft two running backs. But when Elijah Mitchell fell... They just went ahead took him because they were really high on them. Who the hell is going to make this 53-man roster in that backfield? I think they're only keeping four guys. And if they keep four guys... Yeah, four plus juice. Yeah, yeah, four plus juice. So who would you think makes the cut? Uh, if you had to pick now who you think is going to make that 53-man roster just for the running backs, who comes to mind?
3: Yeah, I think it's funny that Elijah Mitchell fell because he profiles exactly like Raheem Mostert. And what 49er fans should keep in mind is that Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. are not under contract next year. So, you know, if you want to get upset about two running backs, just remember that that's looking towards the future. So who's the odd man out? I think that if we're talking about who's going to be there, who I can set my watch to at this point, probably Mostert, Wilson, Sermon, Mitchell. Wayne Gallman probably the odd man out because Wayne Gallman's money is not guaranteed. You know, he could be. I I think Wayne Gallman is solid. I love the addition, actually. But when you bring in who you bring in, especially when Elijah Mitchell profiles so close to Raheem Mostert, it's basically like the 49ers are bracing themselves to lose Raheem Mostert next year and be able to have that same sort of skill set on there, which in this offense is invaluable. As you saw, Raheem Mostert's one cut hit the hole and gone. Elijah Mitchell can be like that. So if I'm guessing who's the odd man out, I'm going to guess Wayne Gallman just because his contract is kind of the tip off. It's non-guaranteed money. I don't think, like you said, the 49ers thought they were going to take two running backs in this draft. So I think after that, they have to reevaluate the room. There's still Jermichael Hasty. There's still Austin Walter. You know, those guys will probably be on the practice squad if I was guessing. But if if you held my feet to the fire and you said the four, Mostert, Wilson, Sermon, uh, Mitchell and Juice, uh, those would be the guys
2: that I Yeah, can. I, I'm with you there, Jason. And I think they wanted to keep Gallman. I, I think all along they're like, man, this fills out a room. We'll add one running back. We're going to be fine. But sometimes the draft just goes crazy. So why not load up, uh, get that position filled? And, again, as you said, it was so funny because the draft was going like, you know, you draft Moore, you draft Banks, you draft Servin, and you're like, man, these are all power like guys for the most part and bigger bodies is Kyle Shanahan kind of changing what he's looking for. Then nope. Boom. Four, three running back. <laughs> like check the box. Yep. Shanahan, go to Shanahan. Uh, <laughs> it's what it is yep. now. Okay. Staying on the offensive side, the position that wasn't addressed in the draft and much to the chagrin of almost all 40 ers faithful out there, wide receiver. Now you brought in Austin Watkins as an undrafted free agent. But who in the world is going to be wide receiver number three week one? Who who gets that spot? Because I really don't know. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into a 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great.
3: Um, I, I think that the wide receiver three on this team isn't on this team yet. Ooh. So, you know, at, in the slot, when you're talking about the, the third receiver, I love Austin Watkins, you know, wrote an article on him for a 49ers goldmine. You know, uh, when you listen to the kids talk, his work ethic is incredible. He talks about his mother having three jobs. He talks about the first thing that, that he wants to do when he gets his paycheck is take his mother to a dinner and tell her to quit one of her jobs. And she says, he says, you don't have to work three jobs, you work two. And, and, and I, another thing that really stood out to me when I listened to Austin Watkins speak was he was able to recount the one single drop that he had in his entire career. He knew exactly the play. He knew exactly what happened. That sort of attention to detail on top of what we saw in Mobile when we were down there was, was immediately what stood out. But that's an undrafted free agent. So if we're talking about wide receiver threes that can start right away, right? On this roster, River Crab, Richie James, uh, Travis Benjamin. You know, those are names that are there. You can't really rely on any of those guys. So the three names that I'm going to point to, um, that are out there still, or one that isn't, but it's possible. And I floated it out on Twitter today because it is a possibility. Golden Tate's out there. Golden Tate fits the scheme. He can block. He's a tough guy. We all know he doesn't like Jalen Ramsey. He'll get to lock up with him two times a year. And he'll also get to compete for a championship and, and not really cost much. D.D. Westbrook, someone else that is out there that is coming off an ACL injury, I understand that, but profiles perfectly as a slot receiver. One more name, and it has to ha- a, a one domino has to happen first, you know, or has to fall first before this can happen. Jamison Crowder. So when you look at the Jets, right, the Jets have Denzel Mims. They brought in Corey Davis. They just drafted Elijah Moore, who is going to profile right away as the starting, um, the starting slot receiver. Jamison Crowder is one of the most reliable, underrated slot receivers in this league, and he's, you know, maybe he's got the injury bug, but that's right up the 49ers alley apparently. But honestly, he's very solid, and he's somebody that can be brought in for, for very little and will give, you know, a security blanket to anybody on third down, just like Kendrick Bourne did, right? Kendrick Bourne's job was to get to the sticks on third down, Make sure that he's there for his quarterback. So any of those guys, I would be fine with. Golden Tate is a better blocker than probably both You know, both those other guys. Jameson Crowder is probably right now the better receiver of the three. But those are three names that you can look at right now that if they join this team, they probably would have a, a clear shot uh, to start right away just based on their experience.
2: Yeah, it, it's almost like in, a, in the the post-draft press conference, you know, it, immediately it was asked, what's up with Jalen Hurd? Is he, like, healthy now? <laughs> like, which. That's another thing. Yeah, I mean that's another thing too, and I think that that's what I took
3: from that 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 press conference that they're relying on. Yeah, him, I think, and I think they really believe that he's going to contribute. I love the idea because when you watch Chase Claypool in Pittsburgh, that's exactly the idea of Jalen Hurt. That's exactly what they wanted, right? So that I, anytime I see Chase Claypool go crazy, I'm like, man, I wish you know that was Jalen Hurts. I get what they were looking at, but that was really telling to me, and I'm glad you brought that up about Jalen Hurts because it seems like they're ready to have him contribute, and they think that he's all the way back. But my thing is. Do we know that for a fact? And can you can you go into this season just saying Jalen Hurd and all these guys are going to be there and you're going to rotate in and out? I don't know about
2: that. Yeah, and I think the salary cap issue, you know, I'm all about trading. Jamison Crowder would be unreal in this offense. It would be incredible. I mean, he is Trent Taylor- but good. Uh, <laughs> um, um, and not trying to throw shots on Trent Taylor, but after his injury, he just wasn't there. He, he is an upgraded version right. in every way, shape and form to what that is. It would fit perfectly. Now the cash is an issue, but I think you can finagle some things. It's the last year of his deal. You could, you know, sign him to an extension, make those things work, but it's going to be interesting. There's a couple position battles where it's just like, I don't know who's going to get that. And I think that wide receiver three spot is definitely going to be the ones that the fans focus on because we saw this offense last year when Debo or Ayuk weren't in there, regardless of the quarterback, the offense shut down and we did nothing to address this really in the off season or in the draft. And that hurts. Which brings me to my next question, Jason. Who leads this team in receptions? Whether it's tight end, you know, the last three years, Ayuk led it last year with 60 receptions. It last two years before that was Kittle with 85 and 88 receptions. Now, if everybody stays healthy, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, I think those are the only three real options. Who should get the most targets slash receptions in 2021?
3: Yeah, I think it's Brandon Ayuk. I mean, when you, when you look at how... Quickly, he picked up the game. Like, you know, and, and that's what I noticed right away. You know, stepping on the field immediately, I'm the man. I, 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 I can beat coverage. I'm, I'm here to perform. You know, even Debo Samuel, we love him, right? And we understand how integral he is to this offense. It took him a little while to get going, honestly. And it, it took him a little while to get his snaps up. You know, with Ayuk, he stepped in right away, maybe out of necessity because so many guys were, were banged up. But I think that confidence and the way that they used him, you know, Kyle's always going to you know, dial up those tunnel screens, those touch passes, those sort of things. I think that Brandon Ayuk is a downfield threat and whether people want to, you know, agree with that or not. I think that he is a legit downfield threat. And I think that Brandon Ayuk should see most of the most of the receptions here because he can win one on one on one. And he is a stud. And and he is he has that long catch radius with those arms. So I mean, you know, most teams it sounds as simple as, you know, you should get your, your the ball to your, your best receiver. And I, I, I firmly believe that Brandon Ayuk is the best receiver on this team even after one year. Um, but I think that it should be that like not force feeding, but you know, th- I don't think that you can go through a whole season without giving Brandon, I use the lion's share of the targets, which would only open things up for other, other people and make this offense so much worse to deal with. Yeah.
2: Hey, it, it's going to be interesting. If those three guys are healthy, I don't care if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Trey Lance, this offense is going to be successful. I think the offensive line has been upgraded completely, but the problem is when one of those guys goes down, it just kind of shifts things. And so it, that's going to be one of those things we got to watch because I, I just really, it, we spent so much damn draft capital at the wide receiver position. And I still don't feel like it's where it should be. We got our one 2 I'm fine with that. I love Debo. I love IU. They fit perfectly, man, some type of depth. We just don't have any there. Um, and so that's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Go ahead, Jason.
3: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, lock and step, you know, the only other thing is too, is we love George Kittle, but unfortunately his play style sometimes it's conducive to injuries you know he may miss a game or two that's why if i'm thinking about it i'm projecting i to play all year with maybe Kittle missing a a game or two the same thing with debo you know debo debo's injuries are not self-inflicted it's just you know whatever happens they're kind of freak injuries you know hamstrings things like that it's lower body stuff it's never really anything that you can say okay your play style is leading to this or anything like that love Kittle and everything but he plays so hard all the time you know and and he uh You know, and and sometimes that can lead to injuries. So that's why I think it's going to be Ayuk more than anything. I just think that, you know, as long as he plays 16, 17 games, he should be fine. Yeah,
2: yeah, that would be ideal. And, man, it's so funny. Like, you get used to – you brought up fantasy earlier with the 16-game sled. And, you know, you have these metrics. 17 games now, man. Um, the the numbers are going to be thrown out the window. You know, Kittle ha- broke the record for most receiving yards ever by a tight end. Gets broken the very next year by Kittle, or I'm sorry, by Kelsey. And now that's it's not going to last. We're, we're getting all kinds of new record right. books, which is kind of fun. I'm a little bit more of a traditionalist, but uh, whatever. You take it for what it is uh let, let's sh- the almighty dollar yeah. you know the NFL you gotta make that money man got him and as podcasters that helps us I guess uh you know that's the thing you go back yep. to you just gave me an extra week of work so appreciate it good uh <laughs> <laughs> let's shift to the other side of the ball real quick the defense I, I think the biggest question isn't with a player or a position group I think it's with the signal caller D'Amico Ryan steps in relatively unknown never called plays before a position coach that's kind of all he's done never been a coordinator where do you think this defense picks up holistically and what is kind of some of the changes that you think we'll see under D'Amico Ryans?
3: So last year we kind of saw a shift with Salah uh, to more man, You know, a lot more quarters, a lot more men uh, across the board. It wasn't straight up cover three across the board. It really wasn't. So I think that when you look at how the 49ers attack the cornerback position in the draft, you know, with uh, Lenoir and Ambry Thomas, I think it kind of tips the hand that there's going to be a lot more blitzing and a lot more man so they'll still be in their base de- not their base defense but the defense that they're familiar with right the scheme that they they ran last year but I think you're going to see a lot more man I think that when you look at the draft picks you know on offense and on defense the 49ers pretty much I feel told you what they're going to do next year you drafted two linemen you drafted two running backs okay we're going to pound the ball on you and, and good luck trying to trying to stop that on the other side you bring in Lenoir you, you sign you, you get Embry Thomas now that kind of leads me to believe that you're going to be trying to run a lot more man. You know, they ran it last year, and especially when Akello came on at the end of the year, they ran it a bunch more, and Akello was, was shining that entire time when they ran man. So if this is going to be a little bit of a change when it comes to cover three because, you know, you're used to the 49ers just playing straight-up cover three and having people go get the quarterback. But now I think you're going to see some blitzes from different places. You're going to see a lot more man. And you'll see um, – the only real question that I have with D'Amico is play calling and situations right? Like the right play call on defense. And that's going to take him time. You know, that's not something that anybody learns right away. You know, the one thing that I always give Robert Sala credit for, after year one, he progressed every single year. And last year was his best job. Uh, hands down, 2019, they had the best defense in football, but last year was his best job in my mind because he had to generate pressure and he had to do it in different ways. And he, you know, showing K-1 at the line and then dropping him back and then letting Jimmy Ward blitz it's, a, it's, it's great because you put on film that k is going to be the person that blitzed the entire time and that's in people's minds, but then you show him and then you take it away. Solid did a masterful job last year. So, you know, D'Amico's going to have a bit of a learning curve. There's going to be some growing pains and things like that, but I'm confident that he'll be able to get it down. He's, he's experienced in the scheme, but I think that you're just going to see a little bit of a shift to much more blitzes. You know, you'll see an extra man coming, whether that's from the secondary. You know, KK always does that, but maybe now you'll see Jimmy Ward and maybe even Jaquasi Tart. You know, jumping up, uh, you know, it, it, like he did in 2017 and blitzing a lot more. So I just see a lot more, man. I see a lot more of uh, blitzing when it comes to D'Amico Ryan. And I think that you can point to the draft class and how they drafted their cornerbacks to uh, to kind of tip
2: the hand on that. And also, man, just loading up on defensive linemen. Good Lord. They're three deep at every yeah. – all four positions. And you got some guys you can move inside and outside, some hybrid-type guys. But, yeah, basically said our linebackers are set. You know, one of the best linebacker rooms in the NFL. You've got about four safeties that, you know, you can kind of cycle through there. But I I am with you. The one thing I'm most curious about with D'Amico is how he's going to handle mobile quarterbacks, which we see a lot of them in the NFC West. Uh, Probably my biggest critique of Robert Sala, and, again, as you said, last year freaking increased 20-fold was, man, he would allow one person or one play to defeat him early on in his career. And I, I think that's just one of those things where, you know, learning and play call and all those things, he would never make first-half adjustments for the first year and a half, things like that. Ah, oh, it just would irk you. with the same play would just show up over and over again. So I'm curious. We're going to have learning curves. It's his first time. But the good news is this, he, you know, player, coach, all those things, you can't find one person say anything bad about D'Amico Ryan. He went to Alabama. I hate Alabama. I hate Alabama. <laughs> but, but I love this dude. I loved him coming out of... Uh, I hate that football program. They're very, very good and well-coached. Uh-huh. But um, when he came out of the NFL, I, I love that dude. Um, he, he's an absolute mm-hmm. stud. Um, Alright, man. Let's do this. Here we go. This is going to end us. This is going to wrap us up here. The NFC West. Cool. Most of the teams didn't really change much. Seattle lost a whole bunch of guys. Brought in some 49ers. Yeah, Arizona, big spenders in free agency. Again, pretty poor coaching staff, I think. And then, of course, you got the Rams, one of the most top-heavy rosters in the NFL, make that huge trade uh, for the quarterback, Stafford, bring them in. The 49ers are just, man, they just keep adding and keeping everything that they had for the most part and then drafting very, very well. Where do you see, where's the NFC West power rankings as of today from Jason Aponte?
3: Yeah, no Homer, but the Forty ers have the best roster in the division. It's, it's hands down. And you talked about it. Arizona can spend all the money on the best players from twenty twelve that they want. As long <laughs> as Cliff Kingsbury is there, I am not afraid. I don't care, honestly. That would be the best team in twenty twelve. Honestly, not afraid. Honestly, just when you look at the way Cliff Kingsbury just like lines up DeAndre Hopkins on the left side and makes him run three yards out, it's, it's just criminal, right? And 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 so many games were won on the back of just Kyler Murray doing things. Cliff Kingsbury, if you're a Forty ers fan, you want Cliff Kingsbury to be to a lifetime extension. You don't ever want him to get fired. You know, because if God help us, when Kyler Murray actually gets a play caller, it's going to put him in advantageous spots, right? With Seattle, all they did was basically just add 49ers players, like you said, Akello, Kerry Heider. No one's really scared of that defense. There's still, uh, you know, there's still friction going on there. I don't care what happens. Russell Wilson will be there week one, but there's still something funky going on over there. The 49ers really were just decimated with injuries last year, and that's really what it is. The Rams are the only team that I can really see given the 49ers problems, and here's why. Uh, last year, I got to give Sean McVay all the credit in the world. He was completely in his bag. They, the, the week that I pointed to was when they played Tampa Bay. I think it was that first drive of the game. They immediately went down the field against the world champions, by the way. Uh, went down the field, ran the same play three different times, three different ways. And the Bucs had no answer. So Sean McVay, as we all know, Sean McVay is in Jared Goff's ear all the way up until the mic turns off. Right, He's telling him, look, where is this coming from? Where is now you don't have to do that with Matthew Stafford. You don't. And now... You have Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson. Cam Akers is a baller, too. I understand that they've lost a lot on defense. They have, and their defense is going to take a step back. But what they've lost on defense, they can make up with Matthew Stafford and that offense. So I understand, hey, look, you lose a lot of important people. You know, Johnson in the secondary, that, that can't be um, under, or understated, I guess is the word, that loss. You know, you still have Aaron Donald. You still have Jalen Ramsey. The Rams are the team that really stick out to me the most because that move for Stafford really was like a push to the, the chips to the middle of the table. And, and it was really Sean McVay just saying, look, I'm tired of carrying this guy. Yeah. I need to get somebody in who's going to give me a real shot at winning a championship. So if you're talking about the team that I'm most scared of, it's the Rams. But the 49ers far and away have the deepest roster on in, in this division. Not even really close. You know, the only thing that can really derail them is just injuries. And, I, you know, uh, I don't want to, you know, put the jinx on it but i don't think there's any way what happened last year with the amount of injuries can happen again it's just impossible it just it it can't happen so if the 49ers even stay relatively healthy they're still the best team in this division they still in 17 games can win 11 12 games especially when you consider their schedule is going to be a fourth place schedule and now this roster is back to where it should be um, and I think the vibes are back, you know, with the, with the Trey Lance thing. I think there's a lot of excitement around them. And, and these guys are ready to, to put to bed what happened last year. So, yeah, the 49ers are still the best team, and that's no homer uh, in me. But that's uh, definitely the best team in this division.
2: Yeah, I, I think Vegas agrees with you as well. Uh, whenever you look at the metrics, they, they, you know, they say the 49ers and the Rams, those are the two teams. Man, and it seems like as long as Russell Wilson's around, the Seattle Seahawks, obviously he's pulling that entire roster up. But gosh, man, it just seems like the writing is more so on the wall than any ever time before. I I wouldn't be shocked if the Seahawks finished last in this division. Now they might still be, you know, what, nine and eight with the new it's weird with the new numbers with 17 games, but like I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, If you're just looking at roster, they're dead last in the division for sure. How much does Russell Wilson make up over all those other teams? I don't know. Um, You know, Seattle is just impossible to predict this year. So any over-unders for them, I'm staying the hell away from. But, yeah, I'm with you. 49ers, Rams, uh, those two are the clear cut. And then I think Arizona. And the one Another funny thing to me is Arizona plays so well against Seattle. They match up so well against them and nobody yep. else. <laughs> um, yep. It's what it is. But, man, Jason, I just want to say thank you. This is awesome. Uh, usually I'm talking nonstop on here. It was awesome to hear uh, your thoughts. Very well thought out. Man, where can the people find you? And where can they find your podcast and all your work, brother?
3: Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me, John. And, you know, I'm happy that we're able to get this done. You know, I've I had a lot of people ask me why we've never collaborated and, and I didn't really have an answer for them. So I'm glad that we were able to get this done. So we got to get you over to my channel too this week too as well. But um, yeah, for me, just, you know, uh, you, know you can follow me uh, at Jason Aponte 2103 on Twitter. You know, you can subscribe to my channel on YouTube and uh, Sprint Right Option Podcast with Andrew Pasquini, the most underrated 49ers Twitter uh, guy in the world. Um, yeah, you can find that on Spotify, Apple, any way that you get your podcast as well and uh yeah again john thank you man and um i'm happy we were able to get this okay
2: this might be the hardest question all day what's 2103 is there some significance there that you could share brother
3: so uh just two of my favorite numbers you know when i tried to put jason aponte you know regular it wasn't there and then you know my underscore so that's always been like my number so 21 uh, you know I'm Puerto Rican Roberto Clemente is 21 icon for us and three's always been my favorite number so zero three I like it instead of 21 three so and then two and one equal three so yeah 21 and, and three are my two favorite numbers so we just put it all together that I'm way. never
2: gonna see your Twitter handle the same uh I'm a big baseball guy so <laughs> I love it man so there you go guys go follow this guy subscribe to all his content trust me you won't be sorry I listen to everything he does and I'm smarter for it so thank you Jason hopefully I'm sure this won't be the last time really appreciate it man
3: Nope. Thank you, John. It was a it was a blast out of being here, man. Thank you.
2: All right, man. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. I I just recorded it. I just listened to it again with you guys. It's been a lot of fun um, answering all the stuff in the chat. It's just me when I do these shows. So I want to answer every single person's uh, questions. That I, I want to interact. That's why I started this podcast. Eventually, I'm gonna have to hire me a, a producer that could that could do a lot of these things so that I can focus a little bit more time on the chat and stuff but anyway a, absolutely awesome guy a lot of great content there hopefully you guys enjoyed that and again if there are I'm selfish with my time and my podcast so if there are people that you really want me to do crossovers with and whatever else let me know it takes a lot of time to set those up but if that's something that you guys want this is not my podcast I feel like it's my podcast but it's not it's your podcast so if there are people out there that you want me to do crossover episodes with, man, light me up, email me, 49 podcast at gmail.com, Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. That's where I'm the most active for sure. Um, now, real quick, do want to say thank you. Uh, Thomas Brown, appreciate the very generous gift that you gave. Thank you so much. It allows me to do a lot more giveaways and things like that, uh, which is awesome. And we got another giveaway. Our first giveaway, Joey Fitch, he won the shirt. And again, if you want this shirt, beat by tray Trey. Um, it's the beats logo uh, modified for 49ers um, that's there for you guys I put the link in the description of this video go check that out and the second winner goes to countdown crew member here we go it is oldie buddy goody spy Nick danger congratulations um absolutely awesome guy reach out to me spy uh, Nick. So I can get your information, send that over to you free of charge and get you guys looking good. I, this shirt is awesome. Me and my son have wore this shirt today. <laughs> so like, Chapman household, we are all in this one big time. Uh, but this has been a absolutely lots of fun. I, I, I like getting different people's perspective, which we don't do a lot on here. But what we are going to be doing tomorrow, get this guys, um, it's, it's schedule release. So I think the schedule is supposed to come out 5 p.m. Pacific time. Um, our time and not sure how they're going to leak that out slowly on nfl.com or if it's just going to be all at once i'm sure they're going to blow it up and turn it into a huge event but once that gets released i get a little bit of time to analyze i'm going to rank all 16 games in difficulty uh, most difficult to least difficult Uh, that's what i do every single year it's kind of cool whenever you've been doing this for so many years you kind of develop, okay, yeah. When the schedule release comes out, this is what we do. We go over that, uh, all those things, and we kind of look at that. So, uh, those are some things that I, I'm going to be looking over and getting that out. So, tomorrow we're going live. Again, this weekend, when the schedule comes out, by this weekend, I'm going to let you know the three road games that the 49ers rush is heading to with all those events. I'm so excited about this. putting in a lot of time and effort. And,. It's going to be us hanging out, um, you know, having drinks, talking football in person, just swapping stories and increasing our community. Uh, that that's what this is all about. So hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, congratulations, to Joey Finch, and Spy Nick Danger on your shirts. Reach out to me; I'll get those to you. We got more giveaways. It's the middle of the month; we're doing giveaways. I used to always just do giveaways at the beginning of the month, but now it's just like. You get a shirt, you get a shirt, you get a jersey. We <laughs> we just keep going, and I don't think anybody's upset about that. If you want to take part in these giveaways, it's free. It's all free. Uh, I pay for it all. Um, All you got to do is subscribe to our live content. You can go to Facebook, Niners Rush. You can go to uh, Twitch, 49ers Rush. You can go to Twitter, JL underscore Chapman. You can go to Periscope, JL underscore Chapman. You can go to YouTube, 49ers Rush. So many ways. Hit that notification bell. Hit that subscribe. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep doing what we do. And that's all there is to it. You guys are incredible. Really appreciate your time. And, man absolutely correct we'll be back tomorrow man so don't go too far and as always stay strong and faithful